0: Good afternoon and welcome to Parallel Radio and it's cold out there but we are nice and toasty and warm in the green well sort of we are getting there we're we're warming up in the Dalston Curve greenhouse and today because I yesterday I thought spring was coming and it kind of it should be so I thought spring that's the that's the time when we start thinking about change and the change in seasons and change cha- people often think about change when seasons change. So, that is the topic for today. And today we we have Sasha with us. Hi Sasha. Hello, very happy to be here. And we have Charles.
1: Good afternoon all.
0: And we have Ibrahim.
2: Good afternoon. We have
0: Sarah. Uh,
3: good afternoon, Lucia and Shasha. And it's a pleasure for me to be here on your radio station.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Sarah. And Malcolm.
4: Oh, hi. Afternoon. I've had to put on my thermal knickers and I took them <laughs> off. Now, all of a sudden, I'm freezing and they've gone back on again. Hope all's well.
0: Yeah. Never put those thermal knickers away is, there? <laughs> is, <Yeah. laughs> is I think, the, um, the moral of the story. So... What I'd like to know, I, I guess I'm going to go around the table and I'm, I'll start with you, Malcolm. Um, what's the biggest change that's happened to you in your life where really things were turned totally topsy-turvy upside down and you have to kind of rethink things?
4: Well, I think I'm going to have to really properly thaw out okay. my brain and my ass before I answer a question like that but I'll definitely answer it, but I certainly can't do it on top of my other. Okay, my we'll head.
0: come back to you. Sarah, what about you?
3: Well, for me, the change is wonderful when you grow older because when you are young, your, ex- your experience is uh, it's not, uh, you know, you don't have enough experience when you're young, when you become a teenager, you do a lot of mischief things. But when you grow older, you got experience, you learn more about life, and you are more clever and wise and educated. For me, education is very important. Mm-hmm. That's my chance, to be educated.
0: So how, when did you start your education? What, what was the, the kind of steps for you?
3: Well, my chance really comes when I went to Mauritius to do my secondary school to learn English. So
0: where did you go from to Mauritius? Where, where did you start from?
3: Uh, we went to college. I, I, w- I went to college. But I sorry, so where
0: were you living before you went to Mauritius?
3: Uh, L'Île de la Réunion, yeah. which is French colony. And I grown up there, I went to primary school there. And then I went to Mauritius to, you know, because, you know, in Reunion Island, we have a lot of cyclone, everything get damaged. And my father have a property business in Mauritius. His brother lived there. His brother got a big house, told us to come over there. And then I start my college there, which I learned English. And from there I did my like you say, baccalaureate, which is like we say senior Cambridge. Yeah, senior. Yeah. Then I got my certificate. England was asking for nurses, Mm -hmm. and I applied, and I come to England. So that must have been a huge change, going from Mauritius
0: to the UK. How did you... What
3: what were
0: the most, uh, the big differences that you... you
3: Well, coming here that time, it was October, which is a long time ago, you know, like 1966. (laughs) Snow white everywhere
0: in October
3: it was in, in, in October yeah. that time it was really you know when I came in it was really snow snowing yeah and it was in like end of October like that and the, then the matron sent somebody to meet me then I went to the hospital used to call Essex Hall several hospital in Colchester and I have a great time there I don't regret becoming a nurse
0: Great. Yeah. We'll we'll come back to your yeah. story soon, um, Ibrahim. What about you? H- is there any moments of change that you that ha- you can remember that uh, have been important for you? So, uh, don't I worry. worry you can just
2: yeah. Oh, uh, oh, oh yes. Mm. Hello.
0: Just stay where you are and just speak normally. You'll be fine.
2: Okay. Um. Well well, my life has changed a lot mm-hmm. because I used to have uh, meningitis. Oh, okay well when it, when it, uh, when I was a child uh, I couldn't walk properly, I saw white people I used to cause a lot of problems in the past, but now slowly i got i got better I, I got better because because um I, well, well, I went to two colleges well, one in hackney and another one in Islington, uh and uh, in hackney college i got uh, i i have i have got well i didn't like hackney college because at first it was it was okay, but when the second year, and third year, fourth year came, it was it was a bit annoying. Mm. Why was that? No, because the teachers was rude. The students was nice to me, mm. and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't get any support what I need. And when I'm trying to say to people and you know, they you teach them to do this course, then they wouldn't let me do it And there was a lot of arguments,
0: so I guess that must have been a big change, starting college and being yes. with all these new people
2: but but before I went to college, I went to secondary school in and intern. right How was that uh well well it was. It was okay you know call because I used had a speech therapy class right. like learning how to speak English, and at home i bought I borrowed a, lot of, uh, books. Uh, a lot of books a lot of books my enduring times, and I used to watch a lot of cartoons, kind of like Teletubbies um and baby, on cartoons to help me to speak English. Then I used to borrow books from the library. Yeah. That was the captain library because, because, I live in the captain. Okay. Uh, and and I borrow the books there, and I and I, and I, and I every time I borrow it, I just I uh, practice the words, practice the words and tr- and trying to write it. And uh, and it took, me a lot, it took me like two years to learn the proper English.
0: But it sounds like you were super motivated to do it. Yes. Yeah. Great. Thank you. We'll come back to you, Ibrahim, a bit later. Charles, if you move forward a bit. Yes. um, Tell us about the biggest change in. Oh,
1: ah, Miss Lucia. Yes. There are few, I would say a few biggest changes, but the main ones. I was born in this part of the world. But I grew up in Africa, Nigeria. Yeah. My first job was a clerk at the shipping company. And I was there for about a year or so. Or so. But my main coming over was to establish a barrister. Mm. But I found myself when I called over, I found myself in this, I was born as a Roman Catholic, but I found myself in this church called the Brother of Roland Star. In a vision, I saw this tall being. He had the loincloth and a shirt on. The following time came in white apparel, they call it sultan. After a while, I started hearing this voice. Go to come out better. That m- that morning, Miss Lucia, mm. I'm going to come out better. I met mean, this, this person. This person leafless. It was as if I've known it for years. We discussed discuss about the intricacies of the kingdom. They told me to read some of the leafless and get baptized. That everything will be okay. When I got baptized, it was a different ball game entirely, a different scenario. The inner peace I felt, and then after a while, in the spiritual realm. I saw myself holding a bible that like I was pontificating, preaching the word. you don't follow my stories any longer. So the, a- the, a-
0: a- the act of... The beca- the actual baptism really changed something for you. you. Know, exactly, in a way. Mm. I,
1: I, you know, sometimes man proposes, but God disposes. Then I, after a while, what I was saying in the spiritual realm was quite amazing. I, w- you know, I can't just express it, but you see, I put everything into, into supplications and prayers. You know, it's quite... Up to now, I'm just realizing that you know sometimes Mm -hmm. you plan certain things, but he's a master planner, he does it to glorify himself.
0: Can I ask just the religious part aside? Yes, moving from Nigeria to the UK, what was what were the most difficult things for you to? uh, Nothing
1: but I was born here, so nothing much difficult. Okay, my main thing is to establish as a legal legal barrister, yeah, my own own setup, yeah, and then we just go home for stations. That's my main plan. See, God has a of doing these things. I, I believe He's a you know, matter supplier, does it to glorify Himself. So, what you see, all in all, I still give, give glory to the Lord because He knows best. Who knows what could have happened? Maybe if I become a barrister. You never can tell.
0: Oh, so you didn't become a barrister? No, no, that's really not really. No. No. So, what,
1: what happened? what? what um, I found myself evangelizing, going to original ministry, composing songs. So,
0: you went into the church rather it's the than end, into, no,
1: into law? What was in the spiritual realm was quite different. Right. So, okay. you know, so um, it's like a calling with the wife, we are you it. Know, so, you know, because when you, when you are called, you if you know your role, or you know your step, you have to follow that call, because of oh, thing, some certain people, if I say so, they are doing jobs they aren't supposed to do. If you look at that, that's why the economy is in a mess. OK.
0: Um, Sasha, what about you? What are the, this, so far, the biggest change for you? Yeah, well, as um, Sarah said, I'm still
5: quite young, so (laughs) um, the amount of huge changes and upheavals in my life haven't been as big as um, the the great people that are sitting around this table. But probably the most recent change in my life has been um, moving out of my mum's house properly for for the first time. So like it's not exactly moving from Mauritius to to Essex because that's that's a very long way. But um, actually (laughs) moving out and being in my own place for the first time, taking on that responsibility um, has been a pretty big change, um, but a really great change and definitely one that was needed because I'm
0: definitely old enough to live outside of my mum's house. (laughs) What about you, Lucia? Um, I think yeah, I, I guess moving countries so um I after university I I moved to live in France and I stayed there for twelve years. I lived in Paris for twelve years. Yeah. So I think moving from Brighton to Paris was definitely um <laughs> was definitely a, a, a massive change and suddenly having to I guess uh, lead life in a different language, which I think um, you know Sarah can can um, understand as well, and yeah, and just being immersed in quite. I mean, France isn't that far away, and the cultures aren't that different, but there are definitely differences, and people behave in different ways. So just having to adapt to that, and I think the biggest difference was um, men. <laughs> <laughs> How men behave in France is a very, very different, I, I don't know if it's so much the case now, but um, when I was younger, it was quite a shock um, how open and um, free people were with their hands and their compliments, um, which wasn't the case at uh, in the UK. It wasn't something I was used to, yeah. yeah.
5: I, I experienced that as well when I lived in France in the Southeast for a bit, and also I spent some time in Marseille, um, like a year and a bit ago, and I've noticed it's mainly the, the comments and shouts you get in the street um, is not something that you really experience in London at all, um, but they are so brazen about it, in, in where, where, I, yeah, where I lived in France, it's, it's quite shocking, but at the same time the people that um, I was friends with who had lived there for a long time just shrug it off because that's the norm, amazingly.
0: Yeah and you just kind of get used to it and then actually what happens is um, I would have there's a I lived above a group of guys that worked in a a shipping container company and they worked directly below me and they'd all be like packing things up in the courtyard um, where I lived and um, you know they'd always say something as I walked out the door so if the days when they didn't say anything, I would, c- I was like, <laughs> oh no, I must be, like, have I got something like inside out? Is my hair really messy? What's going on? Because if I didn't get that comment, there was something going on. So I'd sort of d- have a double check in the mirror just to see if everything was OK, because it just became like a daily routine in a way that, I, you know, they would say something.
4: Um, isn't that, isn't <laughs> that that's very odd, that what you were just talking about with men in, in France, about the fact that they... That they would comment all the time because of, and, and they, they incidentally, they did here in England as well for many, many, many years. I think they just became much more aware of actually it can be quite offensive and um, rather unpleasant at times. But what was really interesting at what you just said, Lucia, was the fact that actually how you reacted when they didn't give you a compliment. So it's almost like, men were so conditioned to actually treat women in a particular way without thought to whether they're offending them or whether they're demeaning them that actually those very women were also conditioning themselves to actually expect that sort of behavior Mm. Um, and in a way it's a a good reminder that um, as as much as um, uh, uh, um, it's great that we're now educated and we are aware of especially men of how we actually treated women then and now Um, that it is actually a good reminder that women should remind themselves that they too are conditioned, perhaps not in the same way, but that, that and, I, and I think that has changed as well, of course, from when you were in France, I guess, of course, of that course. women today uh, seem to be um, completely understandable in understanding of their own um, sense of equality and fairness and justice um, as far as um, men and the way they're treated. Um, but nevertheless, it's a really impest- interesting point that actually you and maybe millions of other women at certain points in their life thought. Oh, I'm not being complimented by that man anymore. Is there something wrong with my hair? Am I dressing not quite right? Or, or hang on. Oh, maybe I better check in the mirror. I mean, that's. I mean, of course, I'm exaggerating, but yep. I mean, the very fact that that entered your mind at all, for you and millions of other women, actually says quite a bit. And I think it might just mean many women should just remind themselves of one or two things, mm. at, at, even today.
0: I mean, I think it's also making the best of a situation. Like, um, if you know you. I, I could have kind got annoyed and sort of shouted back every day, but you you know no what, of course not. You no, get to no, a point absolutely. Where it's just like okay, this is what absolutely this is how it works. I'm just going to go yeah. with it and adapt. But and that's why yeah. both
4: men and women should have have ha- have to, have to t- learn together and yeah, and change exactly exactly uh, which actually. Change. Exactly. Yeah. Which brings us back to that. Um, and now, uh, now that actually I, 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 my, my bum is now um, defrosted um, <laughs> and, and my mouth has begun to um, go a little bit, um, I, I thought of one or two changes in my life. I, I really I don't particularly want to go into the major change in my life because it's sort of major changes in people's lives, really, if they're really... Being honest about it are quite emotional and quite upsetting at times. So sure. I ain't going to go there. Uh, but I, but there are two things that come to mind in terms of changes. Uh, I'll try and be brief about uh, which happened at quite a young age, really. And I'm not quite sure how this happened. Uh, I mean, as I as I've grown older, in in a way, it's been sort of disappointment, happiness, disappointment, happiness, disappointment, happiness. Um, and in a way. I don't even class those as major changes they're just changes along the way sort of thing really Uh, but the two changes that I think affected me for the rest of my life was one was when I was 11 years old and um, I had an illness and I had to go to a convalescent home and uh, uh, various things went outside out the window in my dormitory and um Uh, there was a little window up the top of the big window and it was dirty and it was very small and I was the only person skinny enough to climb through the window uh, which I did I climbed through the window um, um, and there was a veranda underneath the window where our toys or books I can't remember um, went out Um, oh incidentally we were three stories up um so I got on the ledge of the window sill and, and jumped onto the veranda, and the veranda was very, very, very dirty, um, I didn't realize, and it was glass. And so I went through it and fell three stories down and ended up in Bexhill, Bexhill-on-Sea, that's where it was, wow. with a fractured skull and, and, and all the business, and you know my eye hanging on my cheek and all that, oh. and um, my mother coming to the hospital and, and seeing me, and she fainted, and then oh, very silly. But I remember waking up in hospital and thinking, oh, I'm alive. I'm not dead, which is a very odd thing to think, really, at 11 years old. But I do remember that after that thought and from then on until I got back home, something had very, very profoundly changed, I don't know, spiritually or in my head or, or something. I grew up very quickly from that moment. And the other moment that I found, uh, when, uh, around about the same age, I was probably about a year or two older, was going to um, the library in Allgate, uh, which is, um, uh, was next door to the Whitechapel Art Gallery at the time. Um, in fact, I see Ibrahim quite a bit in a, in a, in a library, in, um, uh, or I hear Ibrahim quite a bit in, in the Lower Clapton Library driving the staff crazy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, am I right, Ibrahim? Not really. Uh, um. That that um, that is, that is absolutely um, co- correct. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But, but, but um, I'm I'm just trying to make friends.
4: Oh, I know that. Oh, I know that. I'm only joking. I don't think well, you give them a hard time.
2: Well, rather than the root of people, because. Well, um, because I got bullied in secondary school a lot. I understand in Turkey.
4: that. I understand that.
2: In, um, because I was born in Turkey and I got bullied there. Um, in Turkey as well? People bullied me. They gave me bleeding nose, And then... It's sad, didn't they? They bullied me a lot. And when I come to England, now this country... And when I come to the UK, I still got bullied. I know... I know some things was my fault and some things was the people who were trying to to bully me and Hmm. assault me.
4: But you seem to stand up for yourself now, Ibrahim, is that right? Yeah. 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 Yes. I mean, you were telling me to finish my coffee before, weren't you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah but, uh, yeah but I don't just tell you, I tell the other customer doesn't ah, I see. other, other right. customer who who comes here have a coffee or have oh, a beer ah. or or have a what, what, whatever they want. Hey,
3: I I think Ibrahim because some people don't understand your you know, mm, the way you talk, you know. Mm. Especially when you are a foreign person, you got different accent people don't understand your accent, and they seem to ignore you, isn't it? That's what, you know, the yeah. problem, isn't it?
5: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Have you, Ibrahim, have you noticed a um, a change recently with how people act towards you? Are people
2: yes, uh,
5: nicer uh, or?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I always, always uh, try to be to nice, uh, nice people. Yeah. Like, whichever new people I meet, like, like, you you're you, you know, lovely guys, you know, you're you know, love, lovely guys. I just what well, if I respect people, I want them to respect me back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even people are rude to me, like, people, people, be, people shout at me, I have to be calm. Because yeah. if they shout at me, like you know, swearing at me, you know, I shout them back... That means I got the blame, not them.
4: It also means that if you shout back, you become a bit like them. Yeah. Yeah. Because if they're shouting.
2: Yeah, they shout. They shout me over whatever reason is. But
4: you keep calm, do you?
2: Yes, I, I have to keep calm. Uh, no,
4: no, you're right. That's the right thing to do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. You know, another, um, well, f- 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 Three or four weeks ago, there was a woman who was shout was shout was shouting me in well, when I was on two four two bus, and there was a there was a man I think he was about sixty. He was he was shouting me. Well, he keep telling me that oh when you sitting next to me, mm-hmm. oh when you come Why when you come this, and then he was shouting me, yes. but I was keeping calm. Good
4: yeah. for you. The
2: Be- best thing. Because because I know if I shower him yeah. if I shout at me the, the driver will yeah. stop the bus and chuck me out from the bus.
3: Because hmm. yeah. not everybody understands an individual needs, you know. Say if you got a disability, some people is not sympathized towards you because you know, you have a dif- difficulty to express yourself, you have difficulty even to speak English. You know, sometimes people, you know, say something in English. It's When me, I'm grown up in England, and when somebody says something in English, sometimes I say, oh, what that mean? You know, and then some people don't like to explain to you what that yeah. means. You know, and then you have that difficulty, isn't yeah. it? Do you notice a change in yourself from
5: when you, um, from speaking French to when you speak English? Did did you change
3: like inside? I, yes, I feel. You know. Now, because all my nieces and nephew born here in England, and they go to school here, and they always speak English. So I'm losing my French language, because I've been in England now for 50 years. And uh, I speak English all the time. All my friends was English at that time. Even I got sister-in-law in France, nephew and nieces in France, and only <coughs> you go once a year in France, so you don't speak that much French. and. All my friends here in England speak English. Mm. Nephew, nieces, even my younger sister speaking. Only my older sister always speak French. They're older than me. But the younger than me, they all speak English. So that's a big change for me. You know? Sometimes, you know, even English people say something to me. I say, oh, what's that mean? Because a certain word I don't understand. And then I write it down, go home, look at my dictionary, what you mean, write the word in French.
4: My darling, there are certain words I don't understand, and I've lived <laughs> in this country for 74 years, do you know what I mean? So I wouldn't yeah. worry too much about it. Because it. You know the interesting thing about uh, yeah. uh, that hasn't been mentioned, and that is the major difference between changes with um, for young people and and older people. Mm. I mean, the idea of changes, is, is, I mean, even listening to you two, the idea of what you thought of as a change, I I found fascinating and interesting, but I thought of as a blip, mm-hmm. not as a change. Whereas actually there are certain, oh, of course it was a change to you and it was to me when I was your age as well. But there there are certain things which I do find interesting now that in older people and and the sort of changes that happen. And I think older people, as individuals, take it in different ways, and that is change for many older people. Um, I remember my, my mother and my and and, and and older people when I was younger. Change was a, quite a frightening thing.
5: Yeah, I yeah? was, was going to. Whereas
4: there impression. were other people of of, of, of of my generation that we were able to either overcome the fear. Or not have the fear in the first place, but have a sort of curiosity about change. So people don't so the idea of change is different for, even for older people, depending on who the person is. Uh, but fear is a biggie. But there is one common denominator I thought of, as listening to everyone here, about change, whether it's a good change or a bad change, there is always an element of loss, always an element of loss. whether it's good or bad, think about it. Yeah.
1: Just a comment quickly, um, yeah. Ms. Lucia. You mentioned something about um, men behaving in a certain way in France. Mm.
4: It's,
1: it's so in England, in the UK also, but uh, the thing is it goes Some women also. Actually, I was discussing this a couple of weeks ago with some friends. Yeah. Um, the f- According to the survey now, according to the survey, most of what's really happening is through the commercial reasons, people marry for the commercial reasons, not for, for wedding sake, not for everlasting, weddings and everlasting institutions, but marriage and everlasting but it's not at the moment. What, that's the main reason, actually, and the upbringing of, pe- of children, generally. They copy what their maybe parents does or what their peers does outside. So it's affecting most of the people. But this can be changed accordingly yeah. if they are being re-educated at school. Mm-hmm. If, I would I say, maybe right from the um, early age, and then make them to understand the good from bad, because charity begins at home. You can't be blaming all the teachers all the time; you have to blame the parents. Okay, I just want to go back
0: to Malcolm's point about loss and mm. could, but
4: I don't necessarily mean that in a negative no, way. No, by no, the no. way, but
0: surely when you lose something, you also gain something else. So oh, it's sure. a kind of rebalancing, I would say, rather than. Necessary. I mean, yes, some no, things it, are directly it,
4: a loss. No, no, no. I don't mean loss in someone dying. No,
0: no, no. no I know. No, right? A okay. Loss in,
4: you know. Yeah. I mean, even. I mean, what is nostalgia than yes. other than nostalgia is basically a, a sort of feeling of loss, isn't it? Yeah. Even that, but you're enjoying it. While you're losing it. I, I mean, there are things yeah. like, that's what yeah. I mean. So I don't mean it in a negative no, way. No, no, but yeah? I'm
0: just saying that the, the loss is often counterbalanced Gives by, it a, ba- by right. a gain because you're getting yeah. something else Absolutely. On the other hand.
4: So in a way, one could say um, loss in, in a strange way is almost a healthy feeling.
0: It could be. I mean, in certain,
4: in so, in that, in certain um, areas. for example,
0: we could look at ageing yeah. in, in, a, in a certain way where, yes, you're losing perhaps, um, you know, you're not physically as able as you were. But you have much more knowledge than yes. you had before, yes,
4: I so think there, there's a kind of counterbalance there. Th- that th- that's hopefully true. You would hope. Yes, I mean, I yes. did, it's interesting. I did I, I, just before I came out, I had I, I looked at Facebook, and got your message about today happening. Yeah, a reminder. Oh, we're talking about loss. Absolutely. Thanks for the reminder, because loss of memory would have came into play. Um yeah. But there was someone that actually wrote on Facebook. And uh, I, I must get off Facebook because I keep obje- objecting to different things too <laughs> far too much.
3: I do that And it too. was an older
4: person, our, our generation, you know, in their sort of 60s or yeah. 70s. Um, and they were talking about how they were now able to be themselves and not worry about what people thought of them. Not worry about how they dressed. Not worry about the, blah, 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 blah. Not worry about all these things. And there were other elderly people agreeing and saying oh yes isn't it great you know we found ourselves am i feeling what what the hell why why have you bleeding waited till you an old person to find yourself and be who you are i mean if anything you should be giving out the message to what to, to you know unle- unless you're a complete arsehole then actually wait until you get old before you find yourself that would be perfect <laughs> but generally speaking people should be finding out who they are when they're you know young that would be my advice not oh isn't it wonderful now I don't have to worry about how I dress and and, and, and how I look and you know what I say um, and no crazy so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna elbow Facebook <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna start my own I think
3: yeah yeah and I think you know a lot of change happen to people as well when you've been married for a long time and then you got divorce and you have that partner and then it's no longer with you. Mm. And children suffer as well. Yeah. It's a lot of change happen when you get divorced, mm. you know? Mm. And I suffer a lot. Yeah. I know that yeah. you
0: you've, you had quite a, quite, um, a sudden change in yeah. your life.
3: Well, I lost my husband to his mom. He was the eldest son. Now I do counseling. I advise people, don't marry the first son. <laughs> Especially from Middle East, you know, they're very, very close to their mom, you know, Mm. and uh, they like to look after their mom and they said, sell your house, come with me. I said, no way. I was, I think, 45 or 44 when my husband left me. I said, no, I love England. I'm going to stay in England and I feel a lot of change when you become, you have that partner and suddenly it's no longer with you. And you, f- I don't feel lonely because I have a lot of friends. I'm this type of person. I fight it. I <coughs> fight loneliness. I go out. I go to the library. I go dancing. I go to the community group. Get out! Don't stay on your own. Fight it.
2: That's me. Um, That's Sarah. <laughs> so, I got um, I got, I got I got a question for you, Sarah. Yeah. Uh. You said that you don't want to sell your house, but, but that's what I want to know. If you, if you sell to your house, uh, you, you get a lot of money and you will live like, in the, independently.
3: I am living independent in my own house, because when I bought my house, I bought it all on my own. Now I advise people, you know, if you are engaged, you are educated, you bought your own property, Keep it under your misname, you know, so that your husband can't have part of it. But, but the law now, I know the law, if you live with somebody, they, they are entitled for 50-50 of, of your money, you know, if you've been married for a long time, you see. But if you got something under your name, before you get married, Write a paper. What yours is yours. What his is his. He can't sue you and take all your money.
2: <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, let, let let me guess. Yeah. So, so um, before your husband was alive, you divorced him in many other reasons, and then and then you you, you decided that you want to keep your your. The house that you live in, you want to keep it for yourself. Yes. and And now, and now, and now he, he, he decided, no, no, this is my house, I bought it. No, but no, no,
3: because my husband left me when I bought the house. We oh. were separated oh. you know, for nearly two years. Then I bought the house. He was in Egypt. And Egypt. then he had no, no knowledge that I bought the house. So even though I bought it under my missus' name, but it is this for me. He never fight me for it. Yeah, but, uh, because I had money invested in Egypt. All my money belonged to him in Egypt. He never sued me, want half of my house, because he took enough money to Egypt. Now I've been told he bought a big piece of land in Egypt. He built 50 apartment, 50 and his rent. And I heard that he's number seven millionaire in Egypt. And I can't sue him, I can't get a penny from him because they don't have that relation that they can bring money out of Egypt, you see? Yeah. Now
2: I advise people, don't marry Egyptian! <laughs> yeah but, um, yeah but, you yeah. the houses are expensive, they're over a thousand pounds. How did you manage to 20. get your house uh, for yourself?
3: Yeah, because I had a very good job <laughs> that time. You know, my job, I was making about £300 a week.
4: £300? Whoa! Whoa! Yeah, clearly. Well, Ibrahim, <laughs> there, there wouldn't be a problem if, if be we. A problem. No it wouldn't be a problem if, if, if all men and women yeah. um, got the habit no, no, and no. were conditioned yeah. to treat each other equally. Yeah. There would be no problem. So,
2: free uh, three, Oh,
4: you're working out the money four. now, are you? <laughs>
2: Okay, let work out. Ibrahim,
3: I support my husband all my life. Because okay, yeah, he came to England, he was three, a student, he had nothing.
2: Six, <laughs> Twelve.
5: Sarah, you said that um, when he left you, you are very strong and you were able to, to cope with it. Do you think that um, older people are better at dealing with change than younger people? Because I remember when I was small, I found it very difficult to accept change and um, deal with
3: sure. it. I think when sure. you are younger... Because, you know, uh, because he left me, I was a a bit more mature, you know, and uh, understand life. Especially if you do a lot of reading and watch TV, what's going on to other people. You got that in your heart, take it easy. Now he's gone. What can you do? You can't stop him. He's gone, you know. And older people, you know, like in your 40, 45, you feel like you accept that. But when you are young, it's a lot it's hurt a lot. So I was so glad when he left me, I was more mature, you know? But if I was like in my teenager life or 25, 26, 27, you'll feel a lot of hurt. Mm-hmm. That's why I sympathize a lot with young people when some when they have a broken heart. Because you see that a lot with young people, they go into to pieces. Mm-hmm. Even young men sometimes, they commit suicide. You know, they, their lives change. It's a lot of change to them when you have somebody permanently in your life suddenly it's gone but when you are more mature you can take it
4: we, 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 i mean i quite agree with that we, vag- we vaguely um, we vaguely touched on on this um. last month in fact mm. and it is to do with youth and in a way it doesn't matter what 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 people of our generation have learnt and are trying to pass on and trying to give you our experience the real bottom line is, if you're in a relationship and you're 23 years old or 20 years old, no uh, uh, matter how bright you are, doesn't matter how intelligent you are, you, you're just not going to have the sort of um, emotional maturity um, that requires you to be able to say, oh, OK, listen, darling, here's a piece of paper. Could you sign this so that when we actually end the relationship, etc.? Et of course not. Absolutely that's not going to happen. All you can hope to do is continue being intelligent and bright and learn yeah. really and you I know did, but you, there's yeah. no way you're going to be able to handle the emotional stuff of it you know you need to you know you're, many young people in uh, their twenties are still going through that sort of intense romantic oh, emotional oh Ibrahim, you're sharing the crisps this is a good yeah. idea Biscuits, biscuits yeah, yeah. you do you want, to, you want to put the kettle on
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no thanks No, that's very um, kind of you but but but, but yeah Coming back to both of your points. Oh, I like butts. Yeah. Mm. There's another thing that as you get older, change also becomes more difficult. So, yes, Sarah, you had that maturity in your 40s to kind of be able to deal with the relationship. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed that as people get older, so I I look at my parents and Mm. my friends' parents, that any change becomes very very difficult to handle um so moving out of a house that you've been in for yes. a long time or changing a you know in in, in a circumstance yep. or moving out of a career or things like that suddenly that is quite difficult to handle and that kind of flexibility and, and fluidity that you had when you were younger you're right except except
4: that you're I mean, I mean you're absolutely right except there are maybe things that are sort of um even someone like you uh, may not be fully aware of or may forget and that is that whilst those changes are happening like the moving thing or the there are at least half a dozen other changes that your parents are going through that you are probably either unaware of haven't been told about or actually you're just overlooking i mean i could name three off the top of my head short-term memory um ear (laughs) nose arsehole (laughs) <laughs> um and various other problems that are not major problems, but they're things they're having to deal with wrinkles uh, uh, eyesight the, uh, the uh, 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 rheumatism um, uh, you know, not being able to twist your, your your hands in the same way and pick up things in the same way uh, um, uh, 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 the blood pressure thing when you get down and you get up and oh here you feel dizzy you know which old people generally don't the average old person some old people live by moaning and complaining about anything from a an ingrained toenail to whatever absolutely so we're talking about character but actually many people's older parents where who say oh it's so difficult to do so and so they could be going through an awful lot of other things that you're unaware of you know which you which old people just deal with and yeah. don't talk about they just deal with it and that's that's just age. Yeah. However, it's, I say just age as if, oh, well, it's just age. I don't mean just. Actually, it's got to be dealt with. You've got to deal with various things on a daily basis. So when, you, when, when young people do see their parents um, finding it difficult or having to ask about technology uh, three mm-hmm. times when their yeah. child has told them ten times only half an hour ago, <laughs> bear in mind those other things they've got to contend with. I guess and you what know I'm what saying. I
3: feel sad about when people are grown old, because I I know that I, I do counseling to a lot of people, you know, like 60 plus, and uh, some of them suffer from d- dementia. And I feel so sad. You know, a long time ago, they used to call it mental breakdown. Now they call it dementia. You it know? Really what did yeah. they used
0: to
4: call it? I can't remember.
3: Mental breakdown, you know. Ma- Mental breakdown. Mental oh, that's change. right, yeah, of course, absolutely. Now yeah, they yeah, call yeah, it, yeah. you don't hear mental breakdown anymore, they no, call it sure. dementia. Yeah. You know, that's like, oh my God. But that's language did, is changing, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah. in, in many ways. And yeah. I said, I feel sad when somebody, you know, is educated, have a good life, suddenly the brain is gone, you know? And that's what I feel sad, because I do counselling for them to understand them, and they say there's no cue dementia it's mm. no cure mm. but you've got to understand them because i know i work in mental hospital i treat them like like a mental breakdown but when i am with them i calm them down you know and th- they are a different person yeah so we just saying, saying
4: oh, lucia by, by the, the way i, yes. I yeah. really don't have a bum fetish all right <laughs>
0: I didn't think you did, Good, Malcolm. good, good. I, I assure you, that didn't even cross my mind. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> I just
4: realised I've no- mentioned my yeah. bum three times so far. You know.
0: That's fine. Um, yeah. Charles, we haven't heard from you for a bit. Um, what about physical changes? Is that something that you've had to kind of contend with recently? Um.
1: Well, you see, you have to try and acclimatise sometimes mm. as you age. Mm. It's, it's a natural thing. Yeah. But at the same time, you must sort of balance with all of the activities to, you know, in order to sort of have your, a good, balanced well being. Because, and I, I, there's another thing again, there should be a forum on this issue generally, from our point of view, maybe weekly or monthly, where people can share their ideas and ideals. And it should help also, because when you share some of your ideas and ideals, it helps bridges the gap. Well, and it's, also, it's even, called
0: parallel radio. And, <laughs> and, and,
1: and even it heals. Yeah. 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 You know, so that's, you know, that's the main thing.
3: I think it's a great subject you're doing today, Lucia, you know, change. Because a lot of people experience that change, especially from teenager, young adult to old age. And, uh, you know, you go through that journey. It's a mm-hmm. great change through your life. And me, I feel sorry for young people nowadays. You know, when you see them in the corner of the street, you hear them carrying knife. And I feel so sad. In my opinion, good parenting is very, very important to know what your children are doing, what your young teenager boy your teenager girl are doing. Search them. Make sure they go to school, they don't have knife in their handbag, you know, because uh, young ha- people nowadays... Good th- been huh? Hasn't good parenting
4: always been important? Hasn't good parenting always been important?
3: I think it is because, yeah. you know, if, if you got children, it's the way you brought up your children. Because my yeah. mom was always checking on the children. What are you doing in your bedroom? Are you reading? Are you doing your prayer? Have you had your bath? Have you had, your, you know, your breakfast ready? You know, some parents, they, they don't look after the kids properly. You know, you find that kids go to school without breakfast. School have to feed them. Why should the school feed them? When you are a mom and dad, make sure your, your kids have breakfast at home and then go to school. You understand? It's the way you brought up your children. If you brought them well, they will respect you for the rest of your life.
4: Well, I remember 60 years ago, um, a, a very young kid's... Um Going through very similar things. Maybe the difference was they didn't have knives in their pocket, but I remember them not having breakfast. The state yeah, had that's to.
3: That's sad. My mum right, so, always makes so sure not to, I had breakfast in the morning. Yeah,
4: but it's not. It's what I'm saying is it's not a problem just now. It's yeah. been a problem
3: long, yeah. a
4: long, long, long time. I mean, I most of the century. The problem you
3: know. only in England or in, you know or in Europe. I don't know about France because I know in France people get up always have a breakfast ready right mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think know it, it depends
0: it's, it's also yeah, I, uh, I
3: live in a hotel in france you know when you get up your breakfast is there you go <laughs> and help yourself you know it's not but, quite the same thing but, is it, you though? know in reunion island even in mauritius you know mauritian people you know young mother always get the breakfast for the kids make sure they have their breakfast before they go to school only if you're penniless you have no money you find that your children go to school without breakfast well, it happens in every you've, country you've hit you know? the
0: nail yeah. on the head yeah. there i
4: mean there is. are a, yeah. there are a lot of poor people yeah. i mean I uh, that isn't not necessarily yeah. you're right that isn't necessarily a reason why the, uh, their child shouldn't have breakfast but yeah. it's, I, I don't think it's quite as simple as oh you, you know you must feed your child and and, and give them breakfast i mean uh, i mean there are there,
3: I think most parents do. I mean, that, why have we got case, food or...
4: banks, for instance? Yeah. I mean, that's a big subject. I mean, wh- why? Why, if we're all looking after our children and um, you know, um, everyone is earning a reasonable wage, what, Why have we got food banks? Why? Why? Are, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a big it's issue, sad. isn't it? Yeah. It's a big issue. Mm-hmm. But you're right about bad parenting. Yeah. The only thing is, mm-hmm. I don't think we, as a society, have sussed out actually. You know, we're afraid of actually. I mean, should we educate parents? Should we educate um, men and women to, to become yeah. positive? and and, and, and uh, good parents? Should we have classes? I think
3: majority what? of people are really good parents. Right. You know, you find out that yeah. a lot of good parents make sure they get up in the morning, get the breakfast ready for the kids or sit together and have breakfast. Majority are good parents. Only, I would say, could be only like 15%.
5: You know, going on yeah. from the breakfast thing, do you yeah. think that there's been a change from when you were growing up here and how society takes care of of people and communities? Um, so, for example, these days there are a lot of breakfast clubs at school yeah. that will provide breakfast for kids that might not be able to get it at home because of whatever reason. Is is that a a change that has? Um, in, in
3: my opinion, a school should assess the the parenting see whether that parent can afford to give the kids breakfast in them. because some parents they can't afford it mm. they are living on uh, income support or a kid going to school without breakfast i understand that because they don't have a job they can't afford to, you know and then the school have to provide for it but then they should be assessed you know we go to school nowadays Everybody's getting breakfast. And this parent, the the, the the father is a lawyer, the mother is a doctor, and the kids go to school, get free breakfast. What's the point of that? You understand what I mean? So
4: you're talking about people taking advantage of yeah. the system no, and cheating no. the system.
3: That's what I said. The school should mm. assess the children, you know? Mm. Uh, find out who c- can't afford to have breakfast. They don't have breakfast in the morning, then okay, you don't have breakfast, Yeah. You go there. (coughs) Those who had their breakfast go to a different room. Uh, I think Sasha's question was more about whether society
0: is, is kind of getting involved more and taking mm-hmm. more responsibility so malcolm you you um mentioned that when you were younger there were plenty of kids around you that were, weren't having breakfast but were they being provided for by the state for example
4: yeah i mean what was happening i, I mean I I, I, I I can't talk on a sort of a large sort of social scale but I, i'll tell you from my own personal experience uh i mean i um me and my mates all had you know half bottles of milk at school which i'm right, sure milk, you know about yeah. on a on a daily basis um, um i also went to the doctor on a regular basis and because i was a skinny kid uh, i i would have malt yeah which i still long for i loved <laughs> it um and even when i used to go to um uh, up to the age of thirteen, to a to a synagogue after after school, um, you'd get um, um, bread and jam sandwiches and cups of tea and stuff like that. <coughs> now that all sounds great, but um, you know, and and, and but I uh, I mean, but but personally, I actually think I I don't particularly like the idea of any of it, both then or now. I, I mean, I think a younger generation that I come across today. And they'll'll they'll, they'll, you know when they're older, when I'm dead, what I get from them are a, a much more positive understanding of what both family life and, uh, and children and, and how to bring up children and to be responsible in a far more uh, positive, realistic, and fair way than actually I've been used to observing in my lifetime actually so I, I guess if I want to think of a, an ideal change going back to change it would be that when my time's got when I'm gone uh, that your generation and I'm talking to younger people by the way um I'm referring to them that they will actually change society and we won't actually have to rely on governments
3: yeah and I think it is very, very important for young people, you know, when you got married, whether you can afford to have children or not. You know, like some people nowadays, you know, educated lawyer or doctor, they want to, to fulfill their ambition, their education, and they don't want to have children. And mm. then they ended having no children when, when they're getting older. I can't blame them. Mm. But you have to decide what you want in life, you know. Thanks Sarah. We actually have to wind up now.
0: Um, It's the end of the show. But um, uh, as a kind of final question, statement, I'd just like to go around the table and ask the question at this point in your life, do you resist or embrace change? Resist or embrace change at this point in your life?
4: Oh, personally I embrace it, definitely. Mm.
3: Sarah? Well, definitely I embrace it, because change when you get older is, a, you know, One for is me, it's like a bonus. I, I appreciate it, growing older.
1: As far as I'm concerned, there will be changes across the spectrum. Most of it should be an egalitarian society whereby equality goes across the spectrum. But resist or embrace? I would say resist in no certain terms.
0: So you embrace
1: change. No, I resist resist in no uncertain terms.
4: I think you resist change at your peril.
0: Yeah,
5: that's true. (laughs) Sasha.
4: Um, um, And I'd say
5: life is in constant flux, so you've got to embrace change. You have to. It's the only way to live. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Lucia and Sasha. We have a great time today on your parallel radio station. Thank you very much.